Welcome to episode four of the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast. The Ministry of Motion Pictures exists to advance the art of Christian film for the glory of God. I'm your host, Todd Schaefer. If your film doesn't make any money, guess what? It's not having any impact either. In this episode, screenwriter Sean Paul Murphy is with us again, and he gives us his experienced perspective on the current state of the Christian film industry. He also encourages filmmakers to be very clear on the goals of their films, and he talks about the difficulties facing filmmakers in the current streaming marketplace. Christian film business going now, what we're hearing from the young filmmakers. Yeah. Want to talk about that? About yeah, sure. Well, and everyone seems to think that Christian business is changing, but if you look at the theatrical films, it's still the same films, you know, and they're still marketed in the same way, and it comes down to. Um, church support. If you're going to make a film that's going to make $50 million or $70 million at the box office, they're going to do it because the churches are behind you. Right. You know, and I, I think I was mentioning before, you know, churches are not going to support 10 films a year. Right. They're going to support a handful of them, maybe one or two. You, so usually there's really only room for three films to get that full support a year. You know. But it seems And it also hurts that like last year all the main Christian films came out within like three weeks of each other yeah, around right. Easter. Exactly. You know, so But so <coughs> we go some years and there's none. Yeah. I think one thing is important and a lot of Christians ignore this, at least with their first film or two, is that money is very important. And you know, and it's a great indicator of something. If your film doesn't make any money, guess what? Yeah. It's not having any impact either. That's right. You know, because if, it, if people are seeing it, if people are seeking it out, it's generating income, you know. So if you put out a film and then you go and look on, like, all the websites where movies are sold and there are no user comments on it, you know, there's, you know, it's not making any money, guess what? You've made a film that no one's seen, you know. So I don't care how pure your motives are. That's right. You know, if no one sees your movie, yeah. you know, it, it's a, the old uh, tree falls in the forest doesn't make a sound. Mm-hmm. You know, so you really have to, you have to be aware of the business. And there's a lot of people that look at the business as being shabby. And, you know, it wasn't something I concerned myself with initially at first either. It wasn't my, you know, primary goal. And, um, but, you know, you really, unless you, unless people are seeing your movie, it, it's like it doesn't exist. And I was being called quite a bit by people to write movies and I would ask them, you know, who, you know, um, do you have distribution lined up? Well, no, we'll find a distributor later. I'm like, oh, oh well. Or, <laughs> you know, um, who's going to be in it? You know, because if they tell me it's, you know, if it's the guy who's calling me on the phone, you know, that's another problem. With and his genre. wife. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is, the, is the whole one-man bandism. And, you know, I mean, you could even say, look to Kendrick's, Dave, you know, even at the top, and all the way down, all, all the way down to the very bottom, there's a lot of these people who are writing, directing, and starring in their own mm-hmm. movies. And to me, don't tell me that this is all about Jesus. If you're if if it, if you're writing in it, if you're writing it, you're directing it, you're producing in it, and you're starring it, somehow I think you're the star, not <laughs> Jesus. You know. And this is if I'm talking about my blog, the Face Faith Ghetto, what I'm really asking the people face Christian filmmakers to do is look at what they think they're accomplishing and look at their own motives because I break it down you're either making films that are evangelistic that are aimed at 
bringing the Lord to people who don't know him. Two, you're either making films just to entertain Christians. Or three, you're bringing the Christian worldview out into the mainstream world. Mm. You know, and you could do either one. You could do either of those three, but those are the options. Yeah. But what makes me mad is that when people are saying, we're, bringing, we're making films to reach people for the Lord, and then you're putting it behind the Christian paywall somewhere where no non-Christian will ever see it. Even films, even the big Christian films that make tons of money at the theaters, it's still, the audience is 95% Christian. Right. you got to ask yourself, what is your goal? Yeah. You know, so, what is your goal? And then, and then write the films that will achieve that goal right. and work with the people that can help you reach those goals. You know, because certain people are only interested in doing things a certain way. You know, and um, there's dirt. I know if you listen to this, I'm sounding cynical. I'm sounding like there's a you know maybe a lot of ulterior motives to a lot of filmmakers, a lot of production companies, and a lot of production companies are not necessarily honest. A lot of you know distributors aren't necessarily honest, or if they are honest, they're inept. Yeah, I think you've you've experienced yes. that. Yeah. So, um, and not to say not to question anyone's motives in that. Right. Just well, a, for sure. the effort is wasted if no one sees your movie. Right. You know so. When people call me and offer me an assignment, I want to know that someone's going to see it. Mm -hmm. You know, I could say that, like, literally, and this may have changed subsequently, this film opened your eyes. I got paid more than the film grossed. Incredible. Yeah. So, I will not put myself in that position again. Yeah. Because to me, that's just wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, but there are a lot of people who will take that, you know, who will say that. But I'm like, I don't want to do that to people. Right. Exactly. You know, it's... So where, does, where do um, the studio's faith-based departments sit in all this? In the faith... Like Sony Provident. Lionsgate has... Um, I forget what it's called. They have, they have their own faith-based kind of branch. Mm -hmm. And apparently all the majors have some sort of faith-based division. Mm -hmm. So how do they fit into this picture of Christian film? I think it's dollars and cents. So I'm sure there's some sincerity amongst the, some of the people. And here's the thing, and it's something you can't you can't ever totally discount is the fact that even if the guy who's running the show, like the executive at Sony, the executive at Paramount, it's this is just money to him. Amongst the filmmakers, amongst the people, there are always people who are honest believers, who are trying to get a message, right. who are trying to do the right thing, even if it's just dollars and cents to, to you know, to the, every, guys, yeah. to the other guys. Yeah, you know, sure. so, I mean, so that that's that's the dilemma of um, the filmmaker. And But, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, I hear more about a firm than anything else, and I'm sure they really want to do a film that will touch people, mm -hmm. you know. But all, you know, but they have a pattern of kind of films that they want to make, and it's true of these other companies, you know. I mean, they like to make films like a firm likes to make films that are based on books, you know, true stories, biblical films, you know, things that are, um, you know, they don't want, you know, spec screenplays about you know fictional crisis of faith for fictional pastors or yeah. you know and what's really frustrating is when I go to these festivals I'll see these people and they're making films in the um, you know the twenty to $120,000 film range and they're taking they're making edgy films 
like a couple of years ago, is that the Christian making film, film Christians making movies, churches making movies, film festival in New Jersey. And this one woman made an end times film, and she shot it at her church, and um, it was really edgy and it was really intelligent. You know, it was like something I hadn't seen, and but because it wasn't didn't follow all the tropes, it didn't follow the genre correctly, they wouldn't even show it at her church. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I've, you know, a couple other filmmakers, including a guy who went to Towson, you know, it's, they're making films, they're making edgy films, and, you know, I'm Facebook friends with a lot of people who are making movies, and they're in festivals, they're winning awards, but their films are never going to break through in the Christian market. But they're too religious to make it in the secular market. Hmm. So, really, if you don't, that's why people are saying, well, the Christian film market's changing. No, it's not. You know, people are people are legitimately making films. They are incorporating Christian worldview, and and, and you know, and it's, it's not enough to have a Christian worldview because you won't say any film on TCM, T, TCM has a Christian worldview because it associated that you know in the sense that it's not pagan, in the sense that it's not you know that it is reflective of you know the production code at the time. So even though there's never, you know, they may not say Jesus, they may not say God, but they're still, it's a reflective of the American Christian ethos, you know, and, um, but, you know, a lot of these films, you know, I applaud the filmmakers, but I just keep thinking that they're just going to get me picked up by the bottom dwellers, you know, the, the, um, these kind of unscrupulous small distributors, and it's not just Christian distributors, all, you know, pretty much all distributors are, um, except the majors, they're all kind of crooks to one degree or another in the sense that they're not, and I wouldn't even call them crooks, they just don't care if you ever make any money. Right. You know, there are so many tricks. I mean, when I was originally, you know, looking at, like, my secular film, you know, there was a constant fear amongst independent filmmakers at the time that these they had these open-ended expense deals. You know, so it's sort of like it's going to be an 80-20 deal, but we got to get our money back first. And on, on the PNA, and that they were just going to run up all the costs, and you're ever going to see a cent. Right. You know, and that was true. Yeah. But, and to, to allay your fears, you know, a lot of companies started offering, like, a, okay, well, we're going, we're going to limit our expenses to like $50,000 or $25,000, and it's 80 20, and you get the 80 after that thing. And everybody signs that deal and says, all right, that's great, you know. Because now they can only do that, but what they don't realize is, is that nowadays these companies will just aggregate your film, you know, with like 15 other films that they get, and and sell it to Netflix or sell it to like Prime, and they'll get ten thousand dollars a film, and that's all. That means that's all the money that's ever going to come in on those movies. Yeah, for sure. And, and they don't have to pay you a cent because you didn't reach that twenty thousand or that fifty thousand dollar threshold. Oh my gosh. Yeah, think about it. That's scary. Yeah, that's scary. So that, so it, it's sort of like, now they don't even have to give you the false bookkeeping anymore. Huh. You know? That's true. And with the majors, because I know people who have gotten deals with the majors, the deals are, you know, they don't have to cheat you. The deals are kind of just onerous enough that, you know, but at least they're going to usually give you an advance. And if there's any one word of advice for any filmmaker out there, do not do the mistake that so many people do is where you're dealing with a distributor and they're going to say, well, we could give you $50,000 advance and then we'll split the profits of the movie 40-60 or we'll give you no advance and we'll split it 80-20. Whatever you do, take the advance. Yes. Even if it's $5,000 and it's the difference between 60-40 or 80-20 because 
99.999% of the time, the only money you are ever going to see is the advance. Yeah. So never turn the advance aside for for um, higher profit. Yeah, for sure. Great advice. Yeah. So, because, you know, I mean, there are a few people who have become really successful, you know, but, you know, you're generally you're not, it's not going to happen. We're in, a, we're in a market right now that's in a state of confusion. We're in a place where supply far outranks demand and streaming from income from streaming has come nowhere near close to replacing the income that filmmakers got from DVD sales mm -hmm. and that has completely fallen through the floor yeah. so you know essentially what people are doing now is um, you know you get your investors you make a movie you get in some film festivals, you maybe win a few awards, you do okay. Eventually though, after a year or two, and you don't have any offers, you're gonna end up you're gonna end up sending your film to distributors who are gonna one of them is gonna take it and they're not gonna offer you an advance, because why should that? They get like probably ten films in every day. You know, and they have they can choose whatever ones they want. And they know you're desperate. If they know you've been in film festivals for two years and you're still looking at them, yeah. they know they can say, or they can give you $5,000 or $2,000, $1,000. So essentially, what they're doing is they're getting all this product for free. And, and what they're going to do is end up aggregating it with other products. You know, so essentially, it costs them nothing to do what they're doing other than their staff, which is usually just them or one or two other people. Wow. You know, and you're never going to see any money. You know, I will say one good thing about Pure Flix is that they, they've been getting some decent paying some filmmakers, from what I hear, decent size advance for exclusive screening things. But what they ha have not been hearing, at least from the people I've talked to, they've not been paying them what the films cost. Like you were talking about a deal with Netflix where they're going to give you 100% of um, your cost plus 15% and they own it. What they're giving these people is, a, you know, a quarter of what they cost to make the film. Yeah. You know, and after a point, after you've had this film done for two years, yeah. a quarter, you know, it sounds pretty good. And you think, well, I'm going to capitalize on this. But now you've given up your exclusive screening, yeah. your exclusive streaming. And like who, and then some other, no other distributor. Now, once you've signed that off, nobody's going to give you another deal right. for everything else. You know, why are they going to give you a deal for, t someone's going to give you a deal for TV and DVD? Probably not. When you when streaming is a major source of income and they're not going to have access to that money. <coughs> and once again, I know we're talking to Christian filmmakers, but, you know, uh, the director of um, 21 Eyes has said something very wise to me back on the commercial business days. He goes, I love making films, but I don't, won't make them for free because if I make them for free, I won't be able to afford to do it anymore. Yeah. You true. know? And, That's um, a great point. Also, you know, I mean, everyone says, you know, if one person sees this film and turns their life to the Lord, it was worth the cost. Right. You know what? That may be true, but wouldn't it be better if a million people saw it and turned their life to the Lord? Yeah. You know? And allowed you to continue doing this. And allows you to continue making these films. Yes. If you want to find out more about this veteran screenwriter, head over to his website at www.seanpaulmurphyville.blogspot.com. There you'll find a complete list of his films, numerous articles of Christian filmmaking, samples of two books he's written, and links to many other interviews he's been featured on. 
That's www.seanpaulmurphyville.blogspot.com. Sean and Deborah, thank you for opening your home to me and sharing your experiences with us. My next guest will be Dr. Mark Coppinger, who is a professor of Christian philosophy and ethics at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, where he leads a program in theology and the arts. And he's taught aesthetics since the 1970s when he began as a philosophy professor at Wheaton. He has a particular interest in Christian film, and he happens to lead my advisory board for Glorious Films. And over the years, Mark has become a great friend and has offered me a lot of wise counsel. You can find the Ministry of Motion Pictures on the web at www.ministryofmotionpictures.org. There you'll find show notes for this episode and links to the previous podcast with Sean Paul Murphy. 